When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Kevin Hanchard. You are listening to Tobin Tonight. I, I will start off by saying that I do have beef with Justin. Justin told me that John's name was Johan. And uh, I, I, was like, I, was like, uh, I was like, okay. And then when I went to interview John, I was like, I'm going to do some research before I interview John. So I looked up. I'm just like, everyone else is calling him John. I was like, where the fuck is Justin coming up with the name Johan? And then then when I asked him, he was just kind of like, what are you talking about? And I was like, next time I see you, Justin. Kick him right in the nuts. You're you're a dead man. Yeah. He's, he's long overdue for a swift yeah. kick right in the gonads. Well, well, I pitched it to him in his episode. I'm like, dude, if you ever need an extra that's just like a, a computer nerd that's like the anti-Justin yeah. that, you know, somehow convinces that you think it's Justin, but it's not Justin. And then I end up putting Justin in like, I don't know, put him in what's the body wire, the Harbor Grace or something. Yeah. Put him out there, and then it's just like, yeah, there you go. There. I pitched myself an episode. And then Justin yeah. said, oh, that sounds great. And I'm just like. No, don't, because then they'll like me and then you'll be recast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too yeah. funny. Yeah. I want to, I want to start off by saying like, so we've had three already on, you were the last one, you were the holdout. I know we've asked you for like since season one and you're just like, nah, man, I'm too big of a deal. Like, you know, I was on naturally Sadie. What do you want? Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> hey, you know, it's just, it's just the way of the world, man. What are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. Isn't yeah. <laughs> Disney yeah. shows are the way to uh, fame and fortune. You're, yeah. you're basically like, you know what? Once he gets John on, then let me know. Cause then I'm going to make it sound like I was the big star. John is a co-star. Yeah. Have you, have you had diesel on yet though? I, no, I haven't had diesel on. I, I, you know so what? I still got I, a ways to go, bro. Yeah. yeah I have to, uh, you know, channel my inner dog. It's that's the plum interview. I'm just telling you, I mean, you didn't hear from me, but that's, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel like he's very high up there to get like you send but like you got to send him treats when you do just don't look in the eye. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't look him in the eye. Everyone yeah. thinks that it's funny because everyone thinks that that dog on that show is like, Oh, we gotta be like super friendly. And I'm just like, do your research on those dogs. Like there's a reason there's a trainer. Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah. that's the way in, man. Yeah. I know we're in what season is it season six? Yeah. Season six just premiered the other day. And uh, what, what is your takeaway on season six so far, Kevin? Uh, I don't know. Have you seen the episode yet? I, I have not. Now, yep. now, listen, listen. My mom watches it like all the time to the point where I'm just like, we've seen this episode like four times. Can we just like <laughs> find something else to watch? She's just still, like, uh, no, there's nothing else on. I'm knitting and this is great. And I'm just still, like, I don't know how you can do. I don't know how you can do both. Like there are times where I will walk in halfway through an episode and ask her what's going on. And mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, no, I'm just like, how do you, how do you not know? Like you're supposed to, you're watching it. And she's like, right. I like, I like the, the sound. And I'm just like, I wouldn't be able to do that. Cause the moment that someone dies or you have to figure, I'm just like, I'm invested. It's like Scooby-Doo as a kid. 
I didn't I watch you. halfway Scooby Doo and just be like, yeah, I know how this ends. Yeah. Like, no, now I'm invested. So no, it's blasphemy, yeah. man. You can't do but that. I heard that you're like directing in one of these episodes as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the process. Uh, right now we're on hiatus. Okay. But, uh, once we get back, uh, I have a few more days and then I'm right back in it. And uh, I'm going to make my directorial debut in season six, which is, uh, which is pretty exciting, man. So were the rest of the cast kind of like, oh, Kevin thinks he's bigger than us now. He's going into direct. Oh, I mean, they've known, they've known yeah. <laughs> for, for quite a while. This is just only like confirmation of, of oh, okay. and, you know, proof positive that, that I'm a, I'm a big deal. I'm a really, <laughs> really big deal. And so, you know, my, my wife has known this. My kids have known this. Uh, everyone who's, who knows me has known this for quite some time, but now it's finally, it's like actually getting the heavyweight belt. Yeah. But already being the people's champ. Okay. You know? That, no. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. listen. No, my cat, my cast knows that I'm uh, I am uh, meekly and humbly walking into this into this gig. It's just something that I've had on my mind for for a number of years in my career, uh, and finally, I'm getting this opportunity, this 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 gift to be able to to realize uh, the dream of of being able to direct for television. And um, and they, I mean, although we haven't started yeah. my part of it yet, I haven't actually been behind the lens yet. And uh, and call rolls and cuts and all that kind of stuff and and my cast has has promised to be uh, as difficult with me as possible. Um, I, I know that when the chips are down, they're going to be they're going to be really supportive, and I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. So like I, I'm kind of interested from the standpoint of like when do you turn the light from say acting to directing? Like was it something that you were always in the back of your mind you wanted to do, and then acting was kind of like the process to get there, or was it kind of like I want to be an actor? I've done this for so long. Now I'm kind of interested to see on the other side. That's I think it's 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 a little column A, a little column B, but it's mostly the second option that you just mentioned. Okay. I, I will I will always be an actor. There's I don't think there's ever going to be a point in my life where uh, I hang up that shingle and uh, and and moved to and exclusively become a director. Um, but it's it's been something that that I've always been fascinated with. Uh, my background is theater, right? That, that's what I trained in theater school and, and, you know, classically trained actor, all that kind of stuff. Right, 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 right. But um, it's, it's once I started doing television and, and I began to really understand the process that I became more and more fascinated with it and, and the technical side of it and, and the number of moving parts, the number of people who are involved in the process and how, you know, it, it goes so far beyond what you see on the floor and on the day and in the final product. Like there's so much preparation in it that um, that I thought to myself, I'd love to give this a shot. And it's, yeah. it's been a number of years. It's been, you know, over a decade now that I've been sort of watching directors and shadowing them and, and following the process. But uh, but but now it's just, you know, I think I'd be crazy if uh, if I didn't take advantage of the opportunity that being on a show for for six seasons uh, has provided me, you know, for someone who hasn't gone to film school and, and done the process that the conventional director has. You know, this is just a, a, a great way to at least try my hand and see if there's a future there, you know? And as I said, it's, it's something that I think could potentially ultimately run parallel, yeah. but I don't, I don't think it'll ever take over. I, I've always thought of myself as a one trick pony, man. I, like, I say, I say well, words. I, that's it. That's what I do. I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Cause when you said film school, like I, I, now listen, there could be different programs in different parts of the country that treat it differently, but I went, so I'm in Ottawa now, but I got accepted mm -hmm at Carlton for film studies was my, cause everywhere else was just like bachelor of arts, whatever. And then this one was yep. film studies. And I wanted to go into kind of like the movie TV side. It was like us watching like 1960s films and dissecting it. And I was just still like, not what I had in mind for film studies. 
<laughs> they're like, yeah, but they're like, by year three and four, you and I'm like, I won't make it to year three and four. I'm like, I, I don't want to watch these films. So, right. I mean, listen, you're not missing much. You're not missing much if you're going to, like, if you had to say, listen, boys, I know you want me to be a director, but I'm going to go do film school. They'd just be like, way to shoot, way to shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I mean, there's, there's pluses and minuses to everything, as, as I think I said before. Uh, and even as a theater school student, as an acting student, you know, you come out of theater school and you, you learn a bunch of stuff and, and you find that the first five years of your career are about forgetting what you learn in theater school. But then as you continue to work, you find yourself reaching back in difficult times for the tenants that you didn't think yeah. you needed. But, the you know, they actually become building posts and pillars that you grab onto when you find yourself, uh, you know, adrift at sea. So, you know, I think those are the things that I, I might be missing as a director or, you know, the, the actual baseline, you know, fundamental facts about, you know, lenses and about angles and about vectors and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think the reason why I really want to do it for this show is that we've got a crew that is uh, one of the best in the world. And I don't say just because they're my, my co-workers and friends, but it's because it's a fact. This crew is one of the best crews in the world. And uh, and I've, I've grown to love, you know, Newfoundland, but the people in Newfoundland and the people on my crew uh, tremendously. And uh, and if I couldn't take advantage of the fact that I think they have an affection for me, I don't know whether they love me or not. They may not love yeah. me at all. But if, yeah. uh, if I could take advantage of the fact that they'd be willing to to push in my direction and, and help uh, buoy me through this situation, then, um, you know, um, I think I'd be crazy. So that, that's that's part of why I'm I'm on this journey, man. So, so as a director, do you have any like uh, do you have any pull or say? In, in, in like in one that's like because I every time that something comes up where it's just like Hudson and Rex is looking for extras, I'm like oh, okay, it's like put it in, put it in a resume, and then it's just like don't get a goddamn call, Kevin. Don't get a goddamn call. <laughs> so I, I I even said I, I said it twice to uh, I think it was Mako on her episodes. I'm like Mako, I don't know whose leg I have to like kind of push around here, but I'm just like I'm after sending in some audition tapes and nothing. They just they probably just see this mug and they're just like ugh. Can't cast that guy. It's like we can no, put him as like in the back, back, back as an extra. Come on, man. No, no, sell yourself short, man. Yeah. You got, you got a, you got a future. You're gonna be on the show eventually. It's, 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 yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be there. But there's only like, five hundred thousand people in the province, man. Yeah. By, by you know sheer numbers, your 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 numbers gonna come up eventually. Come on. It just be like yeah. it's like our ratings are like really down, and um, we need something to like cancel us. Bring in Tobin. No. Tobin will be no, the, the death. The death. You know, you'll be you'll be the new you'll be the new you know Marlboro man the new sort of you know yep. Harlequin romance dude you know on the I'll show. be like I'll be like when they uh, when you watch The Office and they bring in like a, a second Dwight I don't know what the character's name was but it's supposed to be like the smaller version of Dwight that will be me I'll be like Johan or John's like second guy and they'll be like me, you keep me, on, you're the one you're the guy who messes everything up and then Charlie <laughs> has to fix it and I'm just like that's, that's a great role can I last like twenty episodes that'd be great. You'd be like multiverse Charlie or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Back in the day, Charlie. Yeah. Bro, I, feel, I think we're on to something, man. I think we're I'm on to something. I'm telling you, I, I'll pitch these ideas and then someone will just be like, that Tobin guy added again, is he? Okay. Right. Shut him down. Yeah. As long as I get credit, I don't care. Just put it as a, as a post. <laughs> like, you know, it's like on the, uh, the tonight show, Lauren Michaels has nothing to do with like the tonight show, but they just put him there as a credit. Cause he's there. I'm just like, I'll take that. Oh, it's Saturday uh, Live? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just he's just there in the background, according yeah, according to many of the actors that tell me things. Uh, I want to ask you, like, how did you get into acting? Because, like, for me, 
when I was younger, I used to watch SNL and I was like, that's mm-hmm. going to be something I want to do one day. And then right. I realized that you actually have to go out and, you know, act. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll do like stand up. And then I was like, that means you have to have material. And then mm-hmm. people were like, well, you can talk. And I was just like, well, then maybe I'll just do a talk show. And they're like, who's going to watch that? And I'm just still like, uh, I don't know, but we'll try. But like, what got right. you into the acting bug? I always say that it, it, it kind of found me, man. Like it was just, a, it was just an inevitability. Yeah. Truthfully, like I, I, I've always been blessed or cursed with the gift of the gap, right? Depending on who you talk to uh, and who was, uh, you know, in charge of raising me that day. Like whether it was my mom or my dad or whatever, yeah. like whoever, whoever was off work that day and had to take me like, you know, on the TTC, on the tra- public transit to, to yeah. a doctor's appointment, had to like sit there and listen to, uh, you know, a little chatty four-year-old for two and a half straight hours. Like I never stopped talking. My parents would say never stop talking. So, um, as I grew up as a young kid, I thought that I'd parlay that gift of the gab into being a, a lawyer, a litigator of some sort. I was sort of always fascinated with, with the law and whatnot, but, uh, but as time went by, um, you know, I, 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 I was more drawn to, to plays. Like I did my first play in, in fifth grade, and, you know, people seemed to like it. And I was I was actually good at it. And I did another one in eighth grade. I did Oklahoma, you know, singing and dancing as, as you okay. know, Parker in Oklahoma. And that was that was that went over really well. And then I went to arts high school that went well. You know, like girls seemed to like me because I was a good actor. So I was like, oh, I can get girls by being an actor. OK, so now I'm going <laughs> to go to theater school. And I did that. And, you know, one thing just led to another. And once you graduate from theater school, it kind of behooves you like you have to try you know you've graduated with a bfa you gotta yeah. at least go out and get an agent and, and you know try your hand in the real world and uh and by the grace of god here i still am you know a couple of decades later so as i said it's it's just always been uh the path you know i, I come from a blue collar family man and um you know being an actor isn't really the first thing that you'd think of to, to put food on the table yeah. Uh, but, um, but, you know, it's, it's, as I said, it's just, it's just worked out. It's just really worked out for me. And, um, I always thought that I would do theater school or at least, uh, maybe go to university for a real career, quote unquote, <laughs> you know, um, you know, be a, be a, an engineer or, you know, be a lawyer or something like that. And then maybe pursue acting, but the acting thing just always kept coming back around and it was undeniable. And, uh, you know, had to, had to give it a shot I and mean, it's worked out. So, I mean, I guess like in, in an, like I look at it from, if I was going into acting and someone wanted me to act on a podcast, cause like, I like podcasting, that'd be like kind of a perfect scenario. But like, I read through some of your credentials. Like I looked at ones that I watched because there's obviously ones that like I've never seen, but mm-hmm. I like, I seen one for suits. I remember watching mm-hmm. suits. So when you said about lawyer, like when you got a role for suits where you kind of like, Oh man, like this kind of brings like the best of both worlds. I can kind of act like I'm a lawyer. I can kind of act yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm a big deal. But that's that's what acting is all about. Man. And that's the joy of acting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is that is truly like you get to. Like we're conditioned in society to like to to squash our, our, our worst selves and, and yeah. put forward our best selves and stuff. Acting allows you to be an ass. Right. <laughs> like to find your worst self. Like on Suits, I was a, a you know, an evil African warlord who had murdered a whole bunch of people. Like, you know what I mean? Wait, that's and, not and, you? No. <laughs> surprise, surprise. No, it's not. <laughs> really. but, 
But 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 I always say within us lies these people. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a part of you that, you know, goes, oh, man, I could really steal Tobin's money or I could really, you know, yeah. whatever. And but you go, no, that's not the way we do it in society. And that's not the way good people do things. You know what I mean? But as an actor, you get to you get to live out those fantasies and play them out and, you know, and, and let those parts of your personality live fully. And I, for me, uh, it, it just allows me to be a better person afterwards, it allows me to be a better, you know, friend and brother and partner and all that kind of stuff, because I've lived out the worst part of myself uh, yeah. on screen, you know? It's funny because like when you see certain actors play certain roles and you grow up watching them in like two different dynamics, like I think it's uh, John Lithgow that I've always mm-hmm. remembered from like Third Rock from the Sun. Mm-hmm. And then like seeing him do, I think it's, uh, oh, what was the show called there now? I, it's like Dexter. And he's like a totally different mm-hmm. character on like Dexter. I'm just like, yeah. this isn't the John Lithgow I used to watch on Treehouse singing songs to me. And this is a yeah. little dark. And then it's almost like, I'm sure he's still a nice person, but there's, if you're that good of an actor, you're kind of like, but but is he like I'm I'm kind of concerned like is he like is he friendly if I go up to him and he could be yeah. a little bit of that character so well that's that's the thing right and that's why a lot of people are disappointed when they meet their icons right when they meet their idols especially yeah. actors I'm like man you play such a nice person and, and now I'm walking up to you and in, in you know Ponderosa and interrupting you and your family at dinner you're not yeah. so nice but then but you know there's people are complex. They're multi-layered and stuff, and and you don't know really who the real person is unless they decide to peel back the onion and show you that. So, uh, yeah. But as I said, it, it allows me anyway uh, to be sane. There's some actors who 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 get way way into it and can't pull themselves back out and find out where that line is and who they are. But yeah. for me, it allows it allows me to to delve into the best parts of myself, the worst parts of myself, uh, parts that I aspire to be, parts that I would never want to be. Uh, but but honor them fully. Do you know what I mean? Which allows me to come right back to a, a, a nice, healthy place, you know, and be balanced, you know, and be available for my, for my kids and, you know, drive them to hockey and dance and stuff. And, you know, and, and, and truly like not, not be, some people wake up one day and they realize they're like 65 and they never got to do the things they want to do in life. You know what I mean? They never got to tell their boss off. They never got to, you know what I mean? Ask their, their, their spouse for the things that they, that they want. Like we, I wanted to go to like, you know, wherever yeah. I wanted to go climb a mountain, but I was afraid as an actor, hopefully if you, if you work and you, and you're gifted uh, with the opportunity to play, you know, many disparate roles, you, you get the opportunity to do all those things and to be all those people in some way, shape or form. I think if I was ever cast for like a gig, I think I'd want to be like always cast as like the bad guy. So that when people like if, cause then th- here's my theory of it. If you're cast as a bad guy, people like you for maybe being a bad guy, but like kids will never really want to come up to you and talk, which I, I'd be a little <laughs> bit shattered. I'd, I'd be a little bit shattered about that. Cause I do like kids, but the aspect of it is like, I would never have to disappoint you because like you'll never come up and talk to me. But then if I'm always playing a good guy and just say I'm having a bad day, and then for some right. reason, like there's someone there and you kind of like, you're like, dude, I just want to eat. I just want to eat. And that's like a 10 year old kid. And then Come that's on, like their memory. That's like their memory of you. Then it's just a, like, it's Listen, just a bad you day. Fooling. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't fooling nobody, man. No matter how many bad guys you play, ain't nobody going to think that you're a bad guy. Everybody's going to so walk Come on. Come on. No, come on. You, can, wanna, you, can't, wanna, you can't hide Tobin. You can't hide, man. I want to play like I want to play a dick, like on just I, a TV show. So yeah. Someone's just like, and man, I knew I knew he was an asshole, and I'd be like, no, I, that was that's, that's how good I am. That's how good I am. Like, and you can try, yeah. But you can't, man. People are gonna be like, nah, oh, man. 
Now look at that. Look at that boyish yeah. smile there. Everybody I think, knows I think, I think I know. I think I know why I'm not on Hudson and Rex. You were the one who turned it down. You're just like, you've seen the screenshot and you're just like, he cannot be an, a bad guy. Look at that smile. He's not a bad guy. Thanks no, a lot, call, Kevin. No, yeah. Call up John Lissmo, man. Call yeah. up John Lissmo. Call up Johan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, call um, up Johan. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Speaking of Hudson and Rex, like we've had the other ones on, they talked about how they kind of got cast. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. Like I know there's auditions. I think Mako said in hers, she was like surprised because it was like a while before she had a callback. And then mm-hmm. originally they had two already figured out. And then she was kind of <laughs> at first, I think she even said she wasn't sure if she, she had gotten it because it was just that lengthy of a process. But like, tell me a bit about like how they found you like how the audition went and when you kind of knew like, okay, I got this role. Uh, I think they, they sort of backdoored me into this, into the, into the audition because I was auditioning for uh, um, a guest star role on the show. Okay. okay. Uh, so, you know, a, a character who's been in, a, in one of the early episodes and, you know, and I read for it and uh, you know, I just thought it was just another sort of, you know, maybe you get four or five days on set in Newfoundland, which is a place that I love, but I was in the room for way longer than anybody else was, you know, like you, you, when you, when you're auditioning, you, you get to know the people who are, who you audition against. They're yeah. they become friends of yours because, you know, same look, same age, same, you know, acting ability, all that kind of stuff. And we're all hanging out in the, in the waiting room, you know, each person goes in and they have their 10 minutes or whatever, but my audition went on for like 10, 15, 20, try it this way, say it that way, do it okay. standing on your head. Can you do it drinking a glass of water? can you spin these plates? Can you, you know, like all these kinds of, like I was doing, you know, the kind of stuff that you do do when you're auditioning for a lead on a series, okay. but I still didn't do anything. I just thought that either I sucked and they just, you know, they just wanted to see if it better or she, you know, but, um, but I didn't realize that they were looking for this character. They were looking for the, for the Joe Donovan character. And I guess either they had me a mind or, or I piqued their interest after I auditioned for the, the role that I had had auditioned for. And uh, and then I got an offer for for this role. And uh, and once again, I still thought, you know, they said it was a recurring role, but I didn't know that it was, you know, a character that would live on forever in the show. So uh, it was it was a bit of a surprise because I did think I'd be in Newfoundland for maybe two or three months. And now we're going on season six, which is actual a full 50 year of of living uh, in Newfoundland on and off. But uh, but you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It's there's, there's no better place in the world to live, uh, especially in the summer, man. Like it's a, uh, it's a really, really great place. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the, for the opportunity and the journey that, uh, that I've you trying to sell that to Kevin, our summers suck. Come on now. Your summers don't suck. They're just not long enough. That's all. <laughs> I, I came from, uh, Newfoundland to Ottawa to go to school. And I remember in September, I was just like expecting Newfoundland September. And I was like, this is still summer up here. And like, they had it up here for like the last two days. That was still summer. Now it's now it feels more Newfoundland. Cause it's all rain up here now, but like 
Yeah. I was coming home. Finally turned. Yeah. I was coming home like with a sweater on from school and then like halfway home, I'm just like, why am I wearing a sweater? I don't need this till like December. And, but at <laughs> home, I'm just like, it's July and I'm out coaching soccer. I'm like, uh, do you got another winter hat? This winter hat's like soaked. Give me another winter hat. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I need, yeah. I need more winter wear. It's like when people say, yeah. okay, I'm going to Newfoundland. What do you expect? I'm just like, all seasons, bring it and pack it in the bag. 100%. Yeah. 100%, man. And that's, uh, that's always been the, the thing there. I mean, we used to shoot through the winters in Newfoundland, you know, and now we realize, no, let's not you do can. that anymore. It's not, it's not no, possible. Let's, let's, no, let's not do that. Let's, uh, let's, let's try to stick to the summer and the spring, summer and fall months. But uh, the, the dead of winter, February, March, April, those are not, those are not the best times. Mako had mentioned, because I, I guess a lot of you are coming from, say, Toronto, and then you relocate right. here to do yep. like episodes in Newfoundland. But she said, I think it was like her first time coming here. It was during maybe even, I think it was like during COVID or Snowmageddon. And she was mm-hmm. like, she just kind of felt very, I guess, depressed, isolated. And I was just like, man, it's like, that's how we all felt. And we were here. <laughs> we were born and raised here. But I, I was like so surprised because I'm like, yeah, because she, she mentioned at first about not sure it was the right fit because I think she said she had like a baby and then she was trying to wheel it up a, a hill and it's slippery. And then if that, if the baby goes, she goes, it's like, yeah, I get it. It's like, it's very hilly. It's, but then I think she kind of got accustomed to it and got used, like used to the culture. Cause we're, I'm assuming we're still friendly people. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I'll go around and be like, do we still have that? Is that still our badge of honor that, that we're friendly? Yeah. Have, have you, have you talked to her lately? About no, it? I think actually, no, the last thing that Mako wanted me to communicate with her on, and we're actually going to bring it up next. So run great, great transition is that mm-hmm. I noticed in now could be from season four to five or three or four that maybe it was more last season, but I was so used to you guys being kind of more of a collective whole, like almost like, and I even said it to her like a Scooby-Doo kind of vibe, but now it's almost like each character, which is fine, has their own like backstory, but then it's like cut scenes of like, all right, uh, we're going to go with John and Mako over here. Okay, Justin has his thing where he's now always kind of in a building and not really out on, like, solving the crime. And then your character's kind of got his own thing. And I'm just like, now it feels more like, I I can't remember the word she used for it because I think they had a a new person come in and direct or create. It was no longer like collective unit, like in a van. It was almost like every person now is assigned to a task. And that's where you'll see them. I'm like, now it makes the show feel more longer than it used to be. In terms of well, what does that mean? Is that is that is that good or bad? What does that mean? Like longer for me, you know, I for me, I'm like one person, but I just kind of like the idea of like working as a whole to solve the whole crime. But now where it's like each person has their own like niche, I guess it's like you don't see Justin out with you kind of solving a crime it's just like he's kind of in his own computer lab and i was just like we're taking justin away from the crime scene like this is now his thing it just kind of made it like we have to get justin in the scene so give him a cut scene for like five minutes and like where you could have just let him go out with the the crew but i guess there's another fan base that was like but why would he be why would he be going out with them he's not and i'm just like i don't know it's like i i like the first couple of seasons where everyone was kind of like piecing together the puzzle and then that's what solved it. Now it's almost like, well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll ever get away from that. Yeah. In, in, in some facet. I mean, that's, that's the, the heart of the show is that everybody has their, their gifts and their strengths uh, yeah. and, and their thing. And, and, you know, Sarah's forensics, Justin is tech, 
Charlie is good old uh, fashioned sleuthing and, and mine is, is pointing the finger and recognizing their skills and, and, you know, and saying, you know, you're, you're the smart guy here. You're the smart uh, lady there. You're the smart dog there. Go do your thing. Uh, yeah. So I think they'll, they'll always in some way, uh, shape or form, they'll always be a unit and they'll always work that way. I think uh, as a, as a, a storytelling device, I think every once in a while you got to shake things up, not just for your audience, but also yeah. for your actors, right? If it, if it's always uh, about, Oh no, someone's murdered. Okay. Let's go find out who did it. Let's talk to the wife. Let's talk to the husband. Oh my God. The butler did it with the crew with the candelabra in the parlor, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be off the air in a little while, like in, yeah. a, in a short order. You know what I mean? So uh, I think sometimes by filling in backstories of some of the actors, it allows the audience to become a little bit more invested in the characters. It allows them to say, Oh, Joe Donovan has a daughter who is trying to find her way through love. Charlie and Sarah have a relationship, a budding relationship, but she's trying to deal with her ex. Jesse is, you know, whatever. He has a, an active love. There's, there's all kinds of little things in there that you could just sort of feather in to yeah. allow people to, to, to buy in a little bit more. Uh, and, it, and sometimes it does make the, uh, the actual crime. I don't think I'd ever become secondary because these are always B storylines. These are always B plots. Yeah. Uh, that should be there. So, uh, you know, but then there comes times where, where you want the murder, the story to be the story. And I think this season is a little bit more focused in that direction. So it'll give you a little bit more of what you want. But I think you you always have to go yin and yang and, and, and go back and forth in order to keep people on their toes, because the moment people can predict and say, oh, this is the moment where we're going to find out what happens. This is where Rex yeah. is going to take down the person or whatever. That's that's uh, that's instant TV death. Right. So, you know. Uh, what do they say? You can never please all the people all the time, yeah. you know, and if you feel like you have, then maybe it's time for you to move on. You got, I think you have to keep people guessing and on their toes. And I think that's what, uh, that's what we and, and the producers and, and, you know, the writers and the showrunners are trying to do in their collective wisdom. Well, I feel like the, the, the positive side of all this too, is like when, if you keep people engaged, like even someone like myself that will like, you know, tune in from time to time, if it's on or if like, I'm excited to see an episode and like watch it. Like I know how it's going to end. Like you will solve it, but it's just like, there are certain moments where you're like, okay, like this, this seems a little bit like, are they going in a different direction? Like the, the episode that comes on a lot. Um, I think it's like FX down our way too, is mm -hmm. the, I, no, I don't know the show. Like, I don't know him like her title name, but it's just the one that he's like a firefighter and like somehow he kind of befriends everyone to trust him. And then it's like the scene where like, John or Charlie is kind of in the hospital and then he's kind of like the, the killer line of it is almost like by the time they come here to find out like that I'm the bad guy, you're going to be gone. Everything's going to be destroyed. And he like apparently lights the thing on fire, like the whole kind of like hospital. Uh -huh. And that's like the very moment that like Rex comes in and like busts his ass. And I'm just like, okay, you had me there because I was just like, I really thought that this was how it's going to end. Like it's literally like he's gotten away with it. He like, how, how, like how, who, but it's always like in the nick of time, someone shows up. Right. So it's like, okay, like you're still expecting it. Like you, you know, what's coming, but it's still like the lead up to it is still kind of interesting where it's just like, what about if it's not this time, like, <laughs> you know, like the one where it's like, uh, Justin's character, like befriends a cop because they both kind of think that their bosses are dicks. And mm -hmm. then they, and then next minute, Justin's about to get his head blown off. And then it's like, I'm like, I just seen this guy on a TD commercial. Now he's going to blow this other guy's head off. I'm like, ah, looks like coming back to the whole acting thing. I'm like, Hey, he got me. And then just out of nowhere, it's like, no, we caught you again. I'm like, 
Oh, but you had me. Okay. You, you did have me there. I thought that was how it's going to end. Cause you never right. know. Yeah. Well, so it, it is like, I do find it intriguing for certain episodes. Like now the other aspect that I do find is guest stars. Like you've mm-hmm. had a, a nice few guest stars come on. Like, um, I did torment Justin about this. I did torment Alan when we had Alan Hocko on about this. But I'm just like, you, br- you bring in Alan Hocko and you make him a bad guy. Yep. And I'm pretty sure all Newfoundland would have liked a crossover of Republic of Doyle, Hudson and Rex. And I'm told that that could still be in the works. You did get a crossover Newfoundland of, of Republic yeah, of Doyle. Yeah, yeah, but no, like, I mean, like, you brought him in as a bad guy. And I was just like, that was a very, like, yeah. if I was going to watch you him as the episode. Bring him in as, as Jake Doyle, man? <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> CBC show. We ain't no CBC show. He had his show already. He's coming on our show. <laughs> You know, when I was on his show, I did his show. I did his show and I was like a, you know, a crazy jury foreman or whatever. (laughs) But, you you know, you got to go into something else. He had, you know. You're you're basically saying he had his day. He had his day. Okay, I got you. Yeah, man. Alan Hawko... Alan Hawk will be just fine. He's yeah, going yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be just fine, man. Yeah. He, you know, he doesn't need to be Jake Doyle. Jake Doyle it will have his uh, his reboot at some point. I'm sure they're going to be a, a Republican Doyle movie and, and lunch. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, like, and, that, and, that, and that's, when, that's when you'll call him up and be like, yo, can I get, yeah, hey, can I get, can I get in yeah, that? Man, where's the Hudson and Rex <laughs> on, yeah. on the Republican Doyle? Like, Hudson and Rex is still on. What do you mean? I'm like, yeah, but... Yeah, you know, but I, I just want I just want that like listen, I've become a director now. I've been yeah, an actor. Man. Like I want that movie. I want that movie cut. Right. Oh yeah, man. Uh, people, people love Jake Doyle. I, no, Jake Doyle will be just fine. He doesn't you don't need to be throw up on us to direct. And Alan was fantastic on our show. He was and he wasn't even a bad guy, really. He was just a he was just a prisoner. He was a criminal. Yeah, yeah. He went to jail. And you know, but you know, people Yeah, he has to have he has to have like the, the Alan Doyle thing is uh or sorry, the Alan Hawko thing, yeah. I should say, is that yeah. he needs to have that leather jacket. Yeah, 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 that's and, his thing and, now. And the and the GTO, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you do you have um? Because you're going now with six seasons strong. Yep. Do you have to have like um? I guess a favorite episode of yours, or one that you're kind of looking back on, and be like, this is the one that I really enjoy, either working on or I can go watch it myself. Not that I don't know if actors really watch themselves anymore. Like some do, but I feel like for me, I don't watch my own stuff because I'm just like, man, what a nerd. Um, but like, is there ones that you look back on and you're like, I like this episode. Wasn't too fond of this one. Yeah. I mean, I think there's always ones that, that you're, you're, you're more fond of and less fond of, but it's still, for me, it's like picking your kids, man. Like picking your favorites and your kids. <laughs> you talking about? I, I can pick my favorite niece and nephew. Cause I only, go. got one e- I only got one each. So I guess they are my favorite niece and nephew. Oh, there sorry. Go. There right. is Max, but he's a baby. So that don't count. No. Well, Max, when Max, by the time Max rolls this around, he'd be, right. be okay. Oh, by the time, by the time he sees this, he'll be like, He'll dig it up and I'll be like 40 and he'll be like, remember yeah. how I told you I wanted this thing and you said it's too expensive? Yeah. And then he plays the clip. I'll be like, oh, blackmail. Here's, OK, here's, here's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering why you did an old man's voice when you said you're 40. You're like, yeah, I feel, man, like I'm 32. <laughs> I'm 32 and I feel like I'm just well do the old man voice. For someone, for someone who's already crested and passed the 40 mark, I'm like, why is he Why is he saying like 40 like he's like going to be geriatric at 40? I, I, I could. I Listen, I turned like 32. Well, by the time this year is, I'll be 32. But like, you know, it's always weird to me because I, I came up to Ottawa to revisit like things like 10 years ago. And like, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was expecting things to kind of be similar. But then you see that you've, it's not that you've changed. You've just grown so all the things that you used to like when you're 22, you don't really like as 32, your friends have kind of grown. So I'm kind of like in that standpoint where I'll wake up one day 
and like my knee will not be the same. And I'm just like, <laughs> here we go. Here's the downfall. Yeah. It's like one day I could wake up and tumble out of bed and just be like, I'm fine. I know yeah. I fell over five stairs, but I'm good. And now it's just like, I bend it the wrong way. And I'm like, I'm out for a week, guys. <laughs> you're, you're 32. That's you got three years left before that starts to become a super reality, man. Oh, thanks. 30, okay. 30, 35. It all starts to fall apart, bro. But enjoy. enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Okay. Give me, give me the heads up. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us. Women of Ill Repute. Uh, for, for the final bit, uh, Kevin, do you want to have a fun game of random questions? Done. Let's do it. How do you feel is the best way to overcome challenges in your life? That's a good one. With a firm belief in yourself, right? It sounds okay. really hokey and corny, but with a firm belief in yourself, if you if you know who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, what you will take, what you will not take, what you want, what you don't want, what you will abide, what you don't, what you won't abide, you'll make it through. And I feel like I'm listening to a P. Diddy song here. What's that? <laughs> so I feel like I'm listening to a P. Diddy song it's, here. It's coming, man. It's coming. You know, yeah. uh, I, I got all kinds of skills you ain't seen yet. <laughs> Um, yeah. that's the truth though. Like, you know, you're, it doesn't mean you're going to be, you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're going to solve all the problems in your life and in the world, but you're going to know that the decision you made was made based out of, uh, a, a truth, uh, to yourself and out of, uh, you know, uh, a, a belief in, in, in who you are and, and what you value, even if it's the wrong choice, it'll still lead you on the path that you need to be on in your life. Yeah, that's fair. Is, is that almost like the easiest way of saying fake it till you make it? No, it's it's about being strong and wrong, man. You know, that, that's that's what it is. Being strong and wrong. I, I fully believe in that. Like put your like, you know, don't be ignorant and don't be ignorant of other people's opinions and, and what people value and the fact that you can hurt other people. But if you think that this is the right choice, then go for it. Don't apologize. Don't equivocate. Go for what you believe in. And if you find you've done the wrong thing, you do need to apologize, then apologize at that point. Okay, this one's not a random question, but it's one to close it out. So, okay. uh, Kevin, season six, a lot of people are probably excited for it. I'd say, like, a lot of Newfoundlanders are excited for it, obviously, because of the scenery and, like, what other places have they gone. But without giving too much away, what are some, I guess, things that people can expect in season six that, uh, you know, to amp up that season, to really sell it, really sell it to the people? Look, you're just going to you're you're always going to find out more about us, about Newfoundland. You're going to see more of Johnny's hair. It's a hair season, man. Oh, OK. You knew that Johnny had such luscious curly locks, man. You know, so Charlie gets a little bit more badass. There's less suits. Uh, there's less sort of constraints on, on the characters. I think everybody gets to bust out a little bit. You know, Jesse grows up. Donovan gets a little, you know, butch and badass. Sarah gets a little more kick ass. 
and uh, you know, and Diesel the, uh, or Rex, our, our, the dog gets, you know, <laughs> you know, finds new ways to solve crimes, man. So, I mean, I think everybody gets a little bit more and I think it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun for people. All right. Well, that, that's good. Uh, so basically we're going to clue it up by saying in season seven, maybe just maybe I'll make a cameo in season seven. Done. Let's make it happen. Okay. Yeah. Cause by that point you should have directed a few episodes and be like, listen, I know yep. a guy that yep. could probably play a bad guy. And yep. they'd be like, not Tobin. And they'd be like, uh, but I get to say, I'm the director of this episode. Yeah. Done. Yeah. yeah. It was really fun having you. Hopefully we'll have you back on again soon. And uh, yeah, if season seven comes and they uh, tell me to audition and I don't get it, I'm just going to be like, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> You're in. Don't worry about it, man. It's all set. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Kevin Hanchard for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening, and good night. Do. Did. Will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.